This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Welcome to Career Talk, your personal career coach on SiriusXM Business Radio, Channel 132. Hey, every week we are here live on Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, to answer all of your job search and career questions. So get on the phone lines right now at 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, the phone lines are open right now. I'm Dr. Don Graham, and in my day job, I lead career coaching for over 200 executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We have Dana Cash and Dion Simpkins in studio today all hour. So if you're thinking about a career change, maybe you're working in a toxic environment, struggling with LinkedIn, or you have no idea what you want to do in the new year, you have found the right place. This is Career Talk, your personal career coach at 844-942-7866. So what's going on in current news? Well, For those lucky enough, some people will be taking vacation time away for the holidays. But according to the APA, almost half will check email every day while on vacation. And one in 10 will check hourly. What are you doing? This increases stress levels because when you have access to your inbox during time off, You can't return to work refreshed and rejuvenated, so you need to unplug during your vacation. In an attempt to do this, what a lot of people consider is putting on an out-of-office message. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but an increasingly popular technique is to leave something like this. I'm out of the office without access to email. Thanks for your message. Email received between these dates will be deleted from the server eight hours from now. So please send me your message again after this date. What do you think about this email out of office response? I mean, do you leave this type of email? Have you seen this type of out of office? Would you send your email again after the date? Let me know. This is a uh, a study from Duke University has said that this has decreased the stress that people have coming back from the holidays. But part of me wonders if it also decreased the relationships you have with people who are emailing you. But I would love, love, love to hear your opinion here on Career Talk 844-942-7866. What is your out of office go-to message? And would you ever leave a message that says, I'm basically going to delete your email. So if you really want to talk to me, call me again after this point. Let us know. 844-942-7866. So it is open calls all hour today on Career Talk. And we have two expert guests on the phone to help us with this all hour. Virginia Franco is president of the National Resume Writers Association, a certified executive career storyteller and host of the award-winning Resume Storyteller podcast. Virginia helps clients create compelling stories that connect the dots on resumes and make candidates stand out in interviews. Thomas Pounder has several 
career coaching certifications, is a former recruiter and on the board for the National Resume Writers Association and a nationally certified online profile expert. Tom helps clients create LinkedIn profiles that separate them from the pack and attract key decision makers. So if you're wondering how to update your LinkedIn profile so recruiters can find you or rebrand your online profile for a career switch in the new year or... Maybe you're really good at what you do, but struggle to explain it on a resume or in an interview in a concise or compelling manner. This is what we're here for today at 844-942-7866. We can help. And we're going to go right to the phones today with Tom in New Hampshire. Welcome to Career Talk, Tom. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Dawn. I love your show. I've been listening for a long time. Thank you, Tom. Um, We're excited you're calling. Yes, I'm excited, too. Um, I'm, I have about 30 years experience in high tech and I was just laid off last week. And so I'm revamping the resume and the LinkedIn profile. And I have a two part question. Um, I, I've been, from what I've read, I should probably on the resume, get rid of delete, uh, the, um, experience that's past like 15 or 20 years. Um, and then also to uh, eliminate the uh, the dates on the uh, education. Does that sound like good advice? Yeah. So so you are concerned about age discrimination here, and this is the deal. First, yeah. I'm sorry you got laid off. This is an unfortunately popular time for that to happen at companies. And after after 30 years of working in this field, I'm sure this is is a stressful time. But the good news is you work in technology, which is a field that is definitely growing. And I have no doubts that you're going to translate that experience into something wonderful. So so I'm going to invite our guest, Tom, here, who is a um, LinkedIn and resume expert to share his thoughts with you about how you should list your dates on LinkedIn and your resume to avoid any potential bias from being very experienced. Tom, what are your thoughts for Tom in New Hampshire? Well, we have to look at what job postings say. And when the last time you've seen a job post is looking for 30 years of experience in your field and level. And then also, let's say current, uh, let's say out of the previous century, unless it's extremely relevant. So I would agree. I would start in 2000 or, you know, five years after that. And with the age on education, unless you graduate last five years, I normally take it off. Um, sometimes for C-level executives, it might be different. But in general, I would take them off also. Yeah, I I would completely agree with that. I think here's the deal, especially in a field like IT. The question is, is any of that relevant? Are those systems or programs still being used today? And if not, what is the purpose of putting them onto your resume or LinkedIn? So I completely agree. And here's the other thing. Um, What I would do is start looking at your network, Tom, before starting to apply online. How, How is your network? Have you built a strong group of contacts in your field it's a pretty decent network uh but um like probably like many people i haven't been networking recently with with my network and so that's definitely an area where i've already started to uh dust off and contact but but by the way i do have a second part um and that is it has to do with my profile on linkedin should should um should that match the resume? 
So when you say match, it definitely should be aligned, so it should not tell a different story. But a lot of people kind of get lazy in this area and just kind of copy and paste from their resume and slap it up on their LinkedIn profile and use that. But I think if you're doing that, Tom, you really miss an opportunity to connect with people and to use LinkedIn for the purpose that it's meant to, which is to be the first step, perhaps, in building a relationship. And I think I think this is where your career story can be super super powerful when you put it in that profile section of your LinkedIn. And Virginia, I'm going to invite you in because career storytelling is your expertise. So so what might you what advice might you give to Tom for how he can use this section of his LinkedIn to the fullest? Yeah, no, you are spot on, Don. Uh, resumes and LinkedIn should not be a cut and paste. Um, you are missing a golden opportunity. This is a place for the reader to really hear your voice. Um, some people call it your digital handshake. So while it has the same themes, the tone is very different. Um, you can describe yourself in the first person. You can, um, and then the other thing that's really, I think, wonderful about LinkedIn. You know, everyone talks about keywords and resumes. Keywords on LinkedIn, I think, may be even more powerful. There are places where you um, should be putting the kinds of keywords that hiring managers and recruiters would look for when searching for talent like you. If you put them in places like the headline at the top in your job titles, um, in the skills and endorsement section at the bottom of your LinkedIn, you are... Uh, boosting the algorithm. And it really does increase your chances of having your profile sort of bubble up to the top in searches. Yeah, fantastic advice, Virginia. I agree. And and Tom, the good news is where we are right now is the holidays are actually a perfect time to network. You get to see a lot of warm contacts just in your day-to-day, whether you're going to holiday events or holiday parties or things of that nature. So definitely, definitely attend those because you're going to see a lot of people who uh, you may need to reconnect with at this stage or you may meet some new people. You also have this incredible environment where people are happy, enjoying themselves, somewhat lubricated, perhaps, non-defensive, <laughs> and you know, they're they're interested in talking to you about life, about things, and this is a perfect opportunity to start building that network towards your next career. One thing I would caution you is your brand is never I'm currently between jobs or I'm currently unemployed or I recently got laid off. That is not your brand. Your brand forever will be the value you bring to the marketplace, your IT experience. So when someone asks, how's your job? What are you doing? Why are you working? Those types of things. You always start out with, well, what I do is, and talk to them about that value. And then you can say, and I'm looking for new opportunities in the new year at these companies. But but definitely, definitely share that value because it doesn't go away just because you're not with a company any longer. So Tom, we wish you all the best of luck. We really appreciate your call and we look forward to all of your success in the new year. Hey, you're just tuning in. It is Thursday and we are live. Career Talk 844-942-7866. If you ever wanted access to your own personal career coach, you have found it. We are here every Thursday at 844-942-7866 at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So why not put us on speed dial? That way, if you have a career job search question, you can always be first in line to dial us up on Thursdays. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. We're here with two awesome 
awesome expert guests, Virginia, Frank, and Tom Powdner. And we are taking your calls all along. We're going to Bill in Scranton. Bill, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Dallin. Big fan. Um, so I'm advising a C-level uh, HR leader with his job search. And uh, when discussing networks to tap into, I suggested vendors that he works with. Um, so he took my advice, which was great. He called, called me a few days later um, to tell me that, you know, he did reach out to a vendor who had a job opening he was interested and within a week, he had a, a, jo- a phone screen set up um, to talk about that position. Um, so I'd love to sort of get your feedback or hear what you would recommend to the audience. As far as some uncommon networks or groups to ta- tap into, often we think of, you know, classmates or colleagues or former colleagues, friends, family. But are, are there are other groups like vendors that people don't really think about that they could tap into when job searching. Yeah, I totally agree. And what great advice that that you gave to him that landed him in the direction he needed to go. So great question, Bill. And here's what I would say. Everybody, everybody has something to offer you in your network. And I think a lot of people dismiss individuals who aren't in their industry or who aren't at a certain level or, you know, who who maybe are retired or whatever the situation is. And I think you can't underestimate anybody, first of all. But second of all, if you're looking for some unusual but ridiculously well-networked places to tap into, think about unconventional places where people are meeting a lot of people. So for example, maybe your dentist. Think about how many people sit in your dentist chair every day, all day. What about your your hairdresser or your barber? Think about how many people sit in that chair and what are we doing? We're talking to them about our life, our career, our jobs. And I've done this once. I actually told my hairdresser I needed a, a lead for something. I told him he put me in contact with somebody and it does work, but we often don't think of these individuals and we forget that they are seeing people from all industries, all walks of life, all different um, you know, professions every day sitting in their chair. So that's one of my, my unusual, unconventional places to network. Um, Tom, Tom, uh, you work a lot on LinkedIn. Um, and one of the things that I think you can tap into is, is you understand all the background of LinkedIn. How can people maybe find unconventional ways to up their views on LinkedIn? Well, you mean talking about the, the building a stronger network? Yes. Just, I, I like to call, where are they now? And two aspects, alumni members, whether they graduated 10 years before you or 10 years after you, there's that bond that you went to the same college. So look at the alumni group, see who's in a group, see where they work, see what they do, and start building those connections that way. Um, you'd be surprised how people from the same alumni will actually just speak to you, even if they don't even know you. It's a great way. And LinkedIn has a great search algorithm. Another thing is check all your past employees, employers. See where the people you worked with 10, 20, 15 years ago, where are they now? They might be someplace you want to be or can help with that connection. We always forget. I did a, um, a webinar a couple weeks ago, and we searched a company I worked 20 years ago, and it was 12 people I forgot about. And they work in a company I might be interested. So I say take that approach, and you'd be surprised how many people 
Um, we'll have a good synergy and want to connect with you. Oh, I love that. Where where, where are they now? That's fun. You, it almost becomes a game, Tom, in <laughs> your networking. Where are they now? It could be super interesting. And I agree. We forget that people we knew 10, 15 years ago have moved forward in their lives, in their careers, in their circles, in their geographies, and they have built these stellar networks. And the fact is we have already perhaps had a relationship with these individuals at one point in time. So the hard work may already have been done. And now it's just about reconnecting and opening your world to a bunch of new circles. I love that. Bill, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you tuning in every week. We are here live on Thursdays at 844-942-7866 on Sirius XM 132. And we are going to go to Ty in New Jersey. Ty, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today, Ty? Hi, I'm a huge fan of you guys, so this is such an opportunity. Thank you. Um, my question is, you know, I'm thinking of going back to school and getting my MBA, and is it still worth it? I mean, do companies still value the MBA as they did, you know, years ago in 2019 and beyond? Ooh, good question. And a lot of people are thinking about this. You know, is this a time to go back to school, whether it's an MBA or to make a career switch? And what I would say is that it depends where you're going and where you want to end up and your purpose for doing it. What I would say for any graduate degree is you never want to just go to go. If you don't have a specific purpose, and I, I, I don't think it's a great place to explore what you want to do either because it's kind of an expensive way to explore when informational interviews and shadowing and other things are, are actually free. But I do think you have to have a reason. So my question is, how does it fit into your career story, Ty? Well, I currently work in advertising, and, and I've been in the field for over 10 years. Um, and, you know, I also owned a small business. And for me, you know, owning a small business really helped me to explain how to help other business owners to market their businesses, their respective businesses. Um, but the piece that I'm missing is, you know, just more information on business law or financials and how to holistically help their businesses grow. Um, so that's I think my purpose and my drive to have more meaningful and holistic conversations, but then also for my my personal endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say personal endeavors, are you talking about building a network? Um, I, building a network, um, potentially, you know, my own business again. Um, I recently sold a business um, and I loved it. I would love to do the process again. Yeah, no, I I think for those reasons, definitely I think you can become a lot more conversant in areas of business where you don't have a lot of experience by getting an MBA. I mean, it's it's one of those things that will help give you the language. It certainly can help your your network because you'll be working a lot of team projects and you'll be working with people from different areas of business. So I I like your reasoning for going. I'm gonna tap into Virginia now, who's our who's our executive storyteller. How does the MBA Virginia fit in? to someone's story? So, it, again, it depends to what you said. It depends on where you want to go. Um, and so your goals need to really inform, the, or, you know, serve as the foundation of the narrative that you're trying to craft. Um, I would advise people to, before taking the leap, jump, talk to people who are where you want to be. 
talk to graduates of MBA programs, talk to hiring managers who hired them, look at job postings of the kinds of roles that you think you need the degree to go to, and see if they called for the MBA. Um, those answers are going to help inform whether it makes sense for you to go. Um, and then once you graduate, depending on the projects that you undertook, the internships that you did, case studies that you did, that's going that's going to be the fodder. Um, you know, that's what you're going to use to build accomplishment statements, achievement statements, um, and craft the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah, and I would think that, um, Ty, I mean, with, with Coursera and all of these other online programs, if there's specific business knowledge you're looking to gain, it could be that there are alternatives that you can pursue that that get you that same knowledge. So I'm just curious about is there something about your story that the MBA will will contribute to or help you advance in your industry or help give you more credibility with clients? Is that what you're going for? I, I think it is the credibility piece, to be honest, and um, more so just I think it's I think it's a good talking point or a, a way to open doors. Um, and I I guess that's why I'm calling is to see if it if it is still a way to open doors. I, I'm not sure. It, it really is, and I will say that I mean I can speak to to here at Wharton. One of the things that is is most powerful is the network that comes with that MBA. And obviously, the people who go through your program and, and go through similar programs recognize the value that it brings. So it certainly can be a connection point to others in business. And I think if you are looking for a credibility builder, it definitely can still be that. And as well as give you the business knowledge, as well as, um, you know, help your clients understand that you're continuing to grow and pursue new avenues to make sure you're doing the best job you can. So I, I do think for those reasons, that could be great. Now, now you have to think about where to get it, how to get it. Do you do it Ooh. online? Do you do it in person? <laughs> do you know, there's right. so many, there's executive MBAs, there's so many things. So I would say... To Virginia's point, definitely check out these programs. Talk to current students who are there. Talk to alumni who have graduated. Talk to um, people who can tell you what they got out of it, what they expected going in and what they got out of it going out because there's so many different types of ways you can pursue this. And what I would want for everybody who's investing in an education, which I think is a very worthwhile investment, is to make sure you get out of it what you wanted for that investment. So Ty, thank you so much for giving us a call here on Career Talk 844-942-7866. Is it Thursday? Is it noon? Guess what? We're taking your calls all hour. I'm Dr. Don Graham. I am the host of Career Talk. We're here with Virginia and Tom who are on the phone, both from the National Resume Writers Association. So if you are thinking that 2020 is your year to make a switch, but you're not really sure how to brand your LinkedIn or write your career story on your resume to show people how you're qualified, you are on the right channel. All hour, we're taking your calls at 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Lee in Virginia. Welcome to Career Talk. Lee, what's on your mind today? Hi, thank you for taking my call, Dr. Graham. I love your show. I always get something out of it. Thank you so much. I love hearing that. Very motivational. So um, I am an agent, a realtor, and a very successful one. I have new construction and resale, and I'd like to really segue through my LinkedIn into uh, purchasing more uh, for equity groups or REITs, uh, single-family homes, blocks of, et cetera, and I seem to be, with my LinkedIn, just getting other realtors. 
Um, how do I go about segueing into something different and attracting uh, group, bigger groups of um, investors? Yeah, so it's interesting because I think you bring up a really good point about, um, you know, what is my, my LinkedIn saying to people? And, and I often say, if you're getting calls or recruiters or people looking at you in the audience that you want, then it's probably well-branded to your current goal or target. If you're getting people who are asking you about things that you no longer want to do or you want to expand beyond, then it chances are your LinkedIn can benefit from some, some reworking so that the right people are reaching out to you. And I think this is such an important point, Lee, because uh, LinkedIn is meant to work for you. And if it's not bringing to you the benefits that you're looking for. It's so worth investing in making those changes so that it is. So Tom, of course, is our, our resident LinkedIn expert today on Career Talk. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to Tom and ask, you know, what can Lee do? And you might need some more information from Lee to, to be able to answer this question, I recognize. So, um, so what can Lee do to attract more investors versus more, um, more colleagues, let's say? Well, the way LinkedIn works and the algorithms is, is the key data in LinkedIn profile throughout the headline, the job title lines, all the content, and the skill section. So the right skills and keywords are in there. It's going to start attracting like people and, and people that are doing talent searches. And LinkedIn also gives you credit for people you connect with. So start connecting to the builders, the investors, and what happens is bring those other people that are similar closer to you. And when you continue to do that, you start shifting um, the type of people that are going to come towards you. And when the, when the keywords, right from your headline, like when I do recruiting and I see a list of possible candidates, that headline tells me who the person is before I click on a profile. So you want to make sure your clickability is really rich in the right keywords right from the get-go. Um, those are areas. But it really comes down to data. LinkedIn is nothing but a huge database. And when there's enough data points that match what's relevant to you, that's when the human connections take over. So it's doing a deeper dive into your LinkedIn and making sure you have the right stories, the right keywords, and the right value, and start building a network that's relevant to you. And that's going to just, in a matter of time, it's going to really change who you see and who finds you. Yeah, and Tom, I'm wondering if it would be helpful for Lee to take a look at some of the people who um, she wants to attract and see what keywords they're using or see what groups maybe they're in and start joining those groups. I mean, what are some of those those things that, that can, I, I love that advice, bring her closer to the, the circles she wants to be in? Oh, yeah, there's builders groups, there's new construction, there's building materials um, companies, connected toll brothers, um, you know, some of the bigger builders and the CEOs of those companies. And, you know, get that network really strong to what's relevant to you now and where you want to go next. And when you do that, you'd be surprised okay. how it really just changes the news feed, your home feed, people that reach out to you. It's going to really change it. It's not, a, it's not a magic wand. It takes some time to do that. But if you continually do that, you'll see a better result. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, um, I would encourage everybody who's thinking about you know looking at their LinkedIn. This is a perfect time as we move into the new year to take a look. Is it portraying your current brand? Maybe you haven't tended to it for a while. Maybe you haven't made any updates. Maybe you still have outdated contact information out there. But those things can actually hurt you when you're trying to use this tool to connect to a new pool. And I'm a big fan. I'm just going to say it. I'm a big fan of looking at what others who are, are in the roles that you want 
are doing, are, are adding to their LinkedIn, who they're connecting with. I mean, the beauty of LinkedIn is that it's it's a very public database and you don't have to go it alone. You can look at what other people are doing. You can look at what groups other people joined and you can join those groups. So do take advantage of what what people who have come before you and are in the roles that you want to do have done on their profiles because chances are those are the things that are working in those industries and those are the things that are going to help you too. Hey, Lee, thank you so much. We wish you all the best as as you continue to grow your business. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. And it is time to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Dan, I'm so excited because this is a retro pre-break quiz from Great. December 7, 2017. Which, okay. Which, okay. You, which you know, okay, that works. You, you know the answer because we've talked about it. So... Very oh excited. No pressure. But hey, of course, if you want to challenge Dion, you can call us at 844-942-7866, especially if you're listening in December of 2017. All right. This hardy parasite can survive harsh winters, but it kills the trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients necessary for fertility and vitality. This parasite kills trees, essentially. Um, what is it? 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. This is your weekly personal career coaching, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio. Welcome back to Career Talk. We are your weekly personal career coach, and we are here live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern at 844-942-7866. Hey, what if you can't listen live or you don't have a SiriusXM subscription? That's okay. We are still here for you every Thursday at 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And today we have two expert guests from the National Resume Writers Association on the line with us, Virginia Franco, who is a certified executive storyteller, and Thomas Pounder, who is nationally certified online LinkedIn profile expert. So they are here all hour to share their fantastic advice with you, especially if you're thinking about a new career in the new year and you're looking to spiff up your resume, your LinkedIn, or your interview answers. You can give us a call today at 844-942-7866 because we are here for you all hour. And we're going to go right back to the phones with Keely in North Carolina. Welcome to Career Talk, Keely. What's on your mind today? Hi. So I'm getting ready to graduate from my undergraduate degree in accounting. And I'm in the middle of applying for jobs and grad school. And I just had a couple questions on how to make my resume sound a little bit more impressive with what I've done. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. What are you applying for with grad school, Kaylee? Um, I'm applying for a master's of accounting. Um, and I'm also looking at dual programs to do a um, doctor of jurisprudence. And have you had any business experience? What is what is your background in um, the workforce? So um, my Summer after my junior year, this past summer, I was an intern with Wells Fargo, um, and so I was working in consumer lending and private equity, 
Um, beyond that, I've also worked in a couple nonprofits, which is where my passion is. Um, I really want to find a way to help, uh, especially farmers and animal rescues are a big passion of mine. But I don't really know how to spin those experiences that I've had into something that says, hey, you should let me into your program or give me a job. Got it. <laughs> well, um, I think first and foremost, you before even updating your resume, you have to have a clear target. You have to have a clan, clear plan A. And if, if one plan A is going to a graduate program and one plan A is getting a job, you might need to have separate resumes for those two target audiences because let's face it, people have very short attention spans these days. And um, while a lot of people still believe that putting everything you've done on a resume or your LinkedIn profile is the best way to go, it is not. It is not. You want it to be very targeted towards the audience because they need to see what matches with their expectations and then maybe later in the interview you can bring up some of your other things but you have to match first stand out second so we have Virginia who's our who's our storyteller on the line and what advice Virginia would you have for Keely who has had these business experiences thinking about a master's in accounting but also has some aspirations of of moving into a field working with animals so so a little bit of a a complex story to tell I would think, Virginia. Yeah, so you're right. The branding needs to be different depending on if you are a job seeker or you're applying for a graduate program. Um, if you are, if you want to call out the fact that you're passionate about um, a certain area of nonprofit, you need to spell that out at the top before you even go into your experience. Um, and then if there are any clubs, pro, you know, volunteer work, anything you did that aligns with that, you need to make sure to mention it when you are explaining your experience. Um, since you haven't had the opportunity to have a lot of paid experience, you're going to have to draw on your internships. But the other areas that I would really focus on are, um, you know, think about the courses that you took and maybe some projects that you did there. Um, they could be group projects. They can be papers. Um, anything you did where you got accolades or that you were proud of and that aligned with what you want to do next, make sure to call those out. Um, again, think about clubs that you were in, um, inside school, outside school, volunteer work, anything. And any of that, pay, any experience counts, paid or unpaid is the bottom line. And um, in this case, you're trying to put classroom learnings to real-world use, so you've got to speak to your success in the classroom. So, Keely, if you had to pick an experience that really aligns with with your next step and where you're going, do you, do you have a certain accomplishment or project that you've worked on that, that really kind of pulls together your expertise and value? Yes. Um, so I... Um, I work in a barn right now that specializes in animal rescue, and I work a lot with horses that are coming in. I've been mean, riding since I was three years old. Um, okay, I'm going to stop you right there because you just said something that um, I think needs to be a key part of your story. Here's here's something that people often answer in 
underwhelming way, which is the motivation question. Why are you on this path? Why do you want this job? Why do you want to work for this company? And the fact that you have been <laughs> working with animals since and, and being a part of, um, you know, riding horses since you were three is such a compelling part of your story because this is obviously ingrained in you. It's obviously a part of your your brand and something that anybody in the field who is going to hire you is going to be impressed by versus somebody who just woke up one day and said, I think I might want to work with horses. So I think I think that is powerful. Virginia, how would you work that into Keeley's story? Um, that, you know, that's a really powerful point that you just brought up. And um, I would work it into the story by number one in the summary section that goes above your experience says that your you know, passion for this is grounded in the fact that you've been at this for, you know, since you were a child. Um, under your experience, put that you're a volunteer and talk about what you um, did at that did at the barn and how, how that organization, you know, what the impact is of that organization in the community. Yeah, I think I think you've got a number of experiences, Keely, and one of the things that might be tripping you up is you're trying to figure out how they all fit into your story and they all kind of work together, but you may realize that that there's a storyline that that makes complete sense for moving in the direction of working with animals and there's a a slightly different storyline that works with the direction of going to grad school. And I think this is a great reminder to people that, you know, Every time you look at a resume, you may think, or LinkedIn profile, you may think this person has a very linear career. They look like they always knew what they were going to do and we're moving up or we're moving in a strategic way. When, let's face it, if you deconstruct and look behind the scenes, chances are people uh, had layoffs that they're obviously not putting on the resume or they, they made some bad career choices and were at a job for three months. That's not on the resume. Or maybe they decided that they wanted to be um, in the circus for a year and went off and did that. And that's no longer part of their story. So that's not on the resume. So so I think we get to create the story, of course, based on truths, based on our experiences that we want to share with our audience in that moment. And I, I think that's why Virginia and Tom are, are such great experts in this area, because that's what they do is they say, what's going to be relevant to your audience and how do we put that into your story? So, Keely, that's what I would recommend for you is to say, what audience am I trying to connect with? And what in my background is going to connect with them? And then that's what you leave on your resume. Thank you so much for giving us a call today, Keely. We wish you all the best. Congrats on your graduation. And best of luck in your future. 844-942-7866. You are listening to Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I am your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if you haven't checked out my new website yet, drdawnoncareers.com, you can find all of my best advice compiled into one place. Wharton quick tip videos, my TEDx talk, LinkedIn learning courses, Forbes blogs, and more. Lots and lots of free resources there at drdawnoncareers.com. And we're going to go to Jay in Texas. Jay, welcome to Career Talk. What's on Thank your mind you. today? Good afternoon. I have a question regarding, um, I left a, few, a former employer due to problems uh, that I was having on the job and also in my home life. And I was wondering, how do I communicate this to a future employer going forward as I go through the interview process? Um, I 
because of the issues that I had with the former employer, I have a nine month gap in my employment history. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, how do I address that when I'm going through the interview process with um, future employers? Yeah, great question. Great question. And I think this is this applies, Jay, to a lot of people who have left a situation for uh, a variety of reasons, whether it's a toxic work situation, whether you had a personal uh, issue that caused you to need to relocate or make a move. And it's like, well, how how can I portray this in a way that's positive and doesn't raise any red flags? And that is exactly why we have our expert storyteller, Virginia, on the line, because this is a question that comes up a lot because let's face it, life is messy. Life is complex and we don't always have the perfect story to relay. Virginia, what would you advise Jay in the situation? So first off, whatever your whatever story you craft around this, practice it over and over again, because what you don't want when you are having to have that discussion with a hiring manager is you don't want them to hear emotion in your voice about it. You don't want to get weepy or angry or or just sort of show that it ended on a sour note. Um, I would recommend you focus on the positive. Um, Talk about what value you brought to the company, what you learned in terms of skills um, in that role, and then quickly drive, sort of shift the conversation to how your knowledge and your experience there can help you in this next role that you're targeting. But try to minimize anything that's going to give a hint to anything being acrimonious. Yeah, and here's the deal, um, Jay. We all have red flags. We all have this in our background. Everybody who's been in the workforce a while has been laid off or has had a bad situation. What an employer is most interested in is can you do the job will you show up will you make me look good and um you know will you you have some accomplishments on the job so that's what they're most interested in and one of the things i think people make the mistake of doing in an interview is tmi too much information yes you need to be truthful but you don't need to be confessional. (laughs) So there are some things that they're going to need for peace of mind, but they don't need to hear everything. And to Virginia's point, sometimes even if you're not saying it, your body is showing it because you're rambling or you're you're not making good eye contact or you're visibly, um, you know, distressed about about the situation so one I think you need to make peace with it hey it happened it's past everybody has these in their past so it's it's not a big deal second you always have to focus on the future and where you're going so if someone says why are you looking for this job or why are you looking to make a move talk about why you're excited about where you're going talk about what your contributions will be to where you're going. And if they really do press you and say, well, why did you leave your last job? I think it's it's fair to say there were some personal challenges I had that that caused me to relocate or, you know, caused me to need to make a move or whatever your situation was. And then get back to talking about the future. And now I'm excited to bring my 10 years of experience in marketing to your organization. So I look at this as a great opportunity to have had to make a transition. Always go back to the forward thinking because most managers just want to know that there's nothing nefarious. And if you give them just enough to know that, then talk about the future, they're going to forget it because they want, this is what people don't realize. Actually, hiring managers want you to do well in an interview. They hate hiring. They don't want to spend their time doing interviews. They have a day job. They have other things. Their boss is nagging them. They don't want to do, they want to find somebody who's great and who's qualified. So remember that and 
let the other stuff go, Jay. Let the other stuff go. Is that helpful? Got it. Thank you. Wonderful advice. Well, we are so glad you called us today, Jay, because these are the exact things that so many people are struggling with. And I know that other listeners are thinking, oh, my gosh, I had a situation. I didn't know how to talk about it. And because Jay called, I now have some direction. So thank you. You've helped a lot of other people today, Jay. We wish you all the best in your next steps. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. Hey, Maybe we should answer our pre-break quiz. 844-942-7866. Dion, what is this parasite that can survive harsh winters and latches onto trees and kills them? Yeah. So you said this was from 2017? Yep. December 7, 2017. I thought it'd be fun to do a retro pre-break quiz. It's not fun for me. (laughs) Um, fun for me. Here's the problem. Yeah. When you started, you said this parasite, and I immediately, I, I immediately thought barnacle, but that's not <laughs> that doesn't latch on the trees. So I'm gonna say <laughs> termite. Termite. Yeah, I mean you would think that, but um, it's not termite because it's mm. it's actually something to do. It's seasonal. So I should. I'm giving Dana a hint. I don't think you are. And it's unexpected. <laughs> like, of course, all the answers to these pre-rate quizzes are unexpected. Like, oh, termite yeah. would, don't you think that would kind of be expected? Well, yeah, that's why it's my answer. Cause yeah. Because my, my first answer was barnacle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would be unexpected. That is also not right. <laughs> Dana. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say lanternfly. Oh. Because lantern everybody fly. is talking about lanternflies. But this was two years ago. Yeah, that's true. It was that's a, that's a oh. good point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two years ago, no one was, no one knew what a lantern ago. fly was. No one. Really, I was confident. I thought I had this one. All right, uh, Tom, Virginia, do you, do you want to pose a guess? I stink at riddles. I'm, I'm Tom said pass. mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms? Is that what you said, Tom? Yeah. No, but you're pass. closer, <laughs> Virginia. Pass, pass, pass. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I wish I could pass. You could, yeah, Dion can never pass, but but Dion, you get them right a lot. That's not true. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> once in a while. There you go. Every once now and in a again. While. All right. So the parasite is mistletoe. Mistletoe grows <laughs> on trees, creating magnificent orbs of berries that can survive harsh winters, but... Mistletoe is actually a selfish monster, a parasite that kills trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients to increase its own fertility and vitality. So if you find yourself in an awkward holiday moment stuck under the mistletoe, here's ammo for you. You can just say to the person, did you know that mistletoe is a parasite that kills its host and walk away? There you go. Are you sure I was here for that show? Holiday buzzkill. I don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, but I think this stuff is interesting, you know? I don't know if you're here for this I, show, I don't Dion. think I was here for that one. So I, I, should, I should get like a half a point for guessing Barnacle. Yeah, I will say I, will say I tested it on Michelle, who I know is here for that show because she got it right. 
Yeah, I wasn't here for that. Mm. <laughs> All right, good excuse, good excuse. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we're here live if it's Thursday, 844-942-7866. We are your weekly personal career coaching hour where you get great tips and advice to catapult your job search and career. So if you've got a question or comment, we would love to hear from you at 844-942-7866. But I want to I want to go to our fabulous guests because I know that our listeners are going to want to follow you guys and learn more from you. So, Virginia, where can people find you after the show if they'd like to learn more information about storytelling? So they can go to my website, virginiafrancoresumes.com. I'm on all the social media platforms, and they can also access uh, the job search membership platform that I'm creating with four other women in the industry called jobsearchsecretweapon.com. Yes, and don't forget to check out your podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. And you can learn about that on my website. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And Tom, Tom, how can people find you if they'd like more information on how to make their online presence attract new opportunities in the new year? Well, the best place is going to be LinkedIn. Um, Tom, Tom, <laughs> that makes uh, sense. <laughs> yeah, there's only like four pounders in the world, so easy to find me, P-O-W-N-E-R. And you could actually schedule a free talk with me, and um, we could um, try to help you out. Fantastic. And don't forget, if you reach out on LinkedIn, do send a personalized message to let people know where you found them. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes people make, Tom, is that they just try and connect. But but I'm sure you have some data on that, right? Oh, definitely. I think it's 86% of people are lazy and they just say connect, connect, connect. Um, <laughs> if, they, if they're doing it from the morning throne, I don't know, but it, it takes the time. Tom! <laughs> Well, Is I'm that sorry. a popular thing? <laughs> Let's do a survey. Um, but honestly, even, you know, I get like 40 people a day to try to connect with me, and I gravitate to the ones that tell me why. And it, sh- it should be a little more personal and then just a copy and paste message, even though I sometimes do that. But um, and, and there's a reason for that, because when you send that message and they accept vice versa, it shows up in both of your inboxes. And then you could continue the conversation. So it's extremely well to build that network after they accept you. Otherwise, you don't really see it. Yeah, I also love that if you if you tend to meet a lot of people, like I, I teach a lot of classes and I tend to meet a lot of people, this is a great way to remind me where I met you or where we've connected. So if you say, hey, it was great to meet you at the, the association meeting or it was great to be in your class at Wharton or something, then at least I, I have that information and I can reconnect. And that stays in the system. So I think that can be super helpful as well. And here's the thing, Tom, I think we're kind of a little bit LinkedIn encourages you. They send you these lists of people you should connect and then you hit connect and it doesn't allow you, depending on what device you're using, to actually send a personalized message. So just be careful. Just be careful. LinkedIn will seduce you in that way. But if you really want to um, connect with somebody, I think it is worth the personalized message. So, hey, you're just tuning in 844-942-7866. We've got some exciting changes coming to the show in January. You're going to be surprised. So stay tuned uh, to my Twitter at Dr. John Graham because we will be sharing it there first. Hey, you're just tuning in 
877-844-942-7866. And as we start to wrap up, I love doing something called speed round. And speed round means that we're going to give you a ton of advice in a very short amount of time. And today's speed round is how can you use your downtime over the holidays to set yourself up for success in your career in 2020? So my first one, and then I'm going to go to Virginia, and then we're going to go to Tom, is spend some time reading those articles that you've piled in the corner of your desk for months because you must have pulled them for some reason, and they probably have some great reminders and advice. And if you have a little bit of downtime, this is a great time to go through those and think about how they might play into your new year. Virginia. Um, Ooh, good. Let me think. I've got two, but I'll leave with the second one. Um, If you are thinking about starting a job search in 2020, take the time to come up with a target list of companies and use LinkedIn search um, capabilities to find people you know or who you want to know that work at there. Love it. Tom? Well, many people are outskilled today. Um, skills change rapidly. So even on LinkedIn, go to LinkedIn Learning. If you have a premium account, you can take courses, get certifications. LinkedIn has a series of skill tests. Get those tests done. Get the um, get the credit for them on LinkedIn and just build that um, credibility in your skill set. Yeah, and I'm going to tag on to that. I have done a, a number of LinkedIn learning courses. Some are not out yet, but LinkedIn Learning, Switching Your Career. Check that out because you can get all the great tips from my book by doing that LinkedIn Learning. Hey, Virginia. Uh, go to your LinkedIn. Make sure it's up to date. So many, It's the Wild West out there. There's people that have stuff that clearly hasn't been updated in years. And it's noticeable. You're right. Yeah. Tom. Just headshot. I am tired of looking at prison guards and Debbie down. Make sure you have a happy profile. <laughs> Who are you connected to? I, I can, no, it doesn't matter. I, I'm, you know, I recruit. You should see. I, I see 80 people of possible candidates. And the sad people are not engaging. I'm telling you, you have to increase your clickability. And a great headshot that shows you're happy is worth it. Yes. Do smile. Do smile. There are stats on that. So um, my last one is automate, automate, automate. If you're doing something repetitive over and over again, if there's a way to automate it, it might take a little time to get that set up, but do it because it will save you so much time in the new year. So with that, we have got to wrap up Career Talk today, Sirius XM 132, but I want to thank Virginia and Tom for contributing today. Your tips were excellent and I encourage you to reach out out to them both. I will post their information on my Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And if you haven't checked out my website yet, Dr. Don on Careers, you can find all of my best advice compiled into one place. LinkedIn Learning, TEDx, Wharton Quick Tips, everything is right there. Virginia and Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really enjoyed having you here. Of course, Dion and Dana, you guys rock and For all of our listeners and callers, we are here for you every week at 844-942-7866 to answer all of your career questions on SiriusXM 132. We'll see you next time. from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.